What's up everyone? Good morning and welcome to our Water's Edge online Sunday morning worship experience. Once again, thank you so much for hanging out with us today and tuning in. For those of you that continue to share these online messages with your friends and family, thank you so much for doing that. We hope it's very, very helpful. People have been tuning in from all over the place, so thank you for that. Also, for those of you that continue to give online, thank you so much for your generosity. We just had an amazing block party. We had an amazing turnout. That was all because of your generosity. We have a food pantry coming up uh, and uh, pretty soon, and uh, we're going to be able to feed so many people because of your generosity. So once again, thank you so, so very much for doing that. Today, we start a brand new series entitled Sleepwalker. I remember several years ago at the first church that I was a youth pastor at, I had met so many great people, people that I really loved and looked up to. And there was one man that I really became close with. We became really, really good friends. I played golf with him all the time, would hang out with him and his family all the time. His kids became close friends of mine. They were in my youth group. I would go watch them play ball. And I really got to know this man as a very gentle man, a very loving man. He loved his family. He was always very calm. He was always very cool. He didn't really lose his cool or anything like that. He was always just sort of to himself. He didn't get into anybody's business. He wasn't messy. So he was very pleasant to hang out with because he was just a very, very peaceful person. But I remember one night I was at their house and we were having dinner. It was after church one night. We were just hanging out and his phone rang and he picked it up and it was one of his family members, a distant family member. And they started to have a conversation over the phone and it got very heated. And as it got heated, it started to escalate. And this man that I was very close with who I had seen be so loving and so peaceful, so gracious and so kind, I'd never seen him lose his cool, all of a sudden, in his living room, they start screaming at each other over the phone, and it escalates, man, to like a level 10. And then they start making threats, and it almost gets to where they're going to go meet each other, and it's going to come to blows. And when he gets off the phone, he's shaking and angry. He has to go calm down. And I remember at that time thinking, wow, I've never seen this side of him. So today we start this new series called Sleepwalker. And the purpose of this study, this is what I want to talk about over the next few weeks. What are you ignoring in this life? But honestly, you know that you need to deal with it, but you keep putting it aside. And also this series is about some of the storms and some of the solutions that we need to find and discover as we sleepwalk around those issues and areas in our life that we absolutely know that we need to deal with. And when we talk about sleepwalking in this series, I want us to notice two things, and this is going to help us understand where we're going and what we're talking about. The first definition is this, and it's the word inevitable. And inevitable means this. It means an outcome that you cannot avoid and you cannot evade. When something is inevitable, Inevitable, it's going to happen. You can't evade it and you can't avoid it. But when we talk about sleepwalking, this is the definition in this series that I want us to relate to. It's the hesitation or the delay in dealing with what you know is inevitable if a change is not made in your life. It's putting aside those things that you know you need to deal with, but you know if you don't deal with this, the inevitable is going to happen. You're not going to enjoy it. It's not going to be the result that you want. 
And so sleepwalking would be ignoring that issue that you know you need to deal with. And if you don't deal with it, you know the result is not going to be the best case scenario. It's the putting off. It's the casting aside of dealing with that conversation, that difficult conversation that you know that you need to have. It's the putting aside, not dealing with that pathway that your health problem is on. It's not dealing with that pathway that your financial problem is on. It's the setting aside. It's the hesitation. It's not dealing with that pathway that this relationship is on or that relationship is on or the pathway that your mental health and your emotional health is on or the pathway that your habits is on or it's the putting aside, casting aside, not dealing with the pathway that your faith in God is on. So sleepwalking would be ignoring it when you know that you need to deal with it because if you don't deal with it, chances are it's going to produce a result in your life that you just don't want. But as people of faith, why should we? Notice this from the text today, Matthew chapter 5, verses 14 through 16. If you're still with me, say I'm still with you. You're the light of the world. Like a city on a hilltop, they cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see, so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. In this very familiar passage, Jesus states that as people who love Jesus and follow Jesus and know Jesus, if we really do follow him, then there are times in our life when, and notice this, there is a visible difference about who we are compared with the other people in this world. There's a visible difference. Jesus says that we let our light shine before people so they can see. There's this visible difference. There's this visible change in our life, this visible love in our life that causes them to pay attention and to look towards God, which is why we should deal with our internal battles in a wise way, in a healthy way, in a Christ-like way, and in a loving way, because that's not necessarily how most people deal with it in this world. Next passage, Ephesians chapter 5, verses 14 through 15. For the light makes everything visible. This is why it is said, awake, O sleeper, rise up from the dead, and Christ will give you light. So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Wake up. Open up your eyes. Pay attention. Stop sleepwalking. Stop ignoring it. Stop putting it aside. Deal with it. Whatever it is, and you know what it is, but do it in a wise way, in a healthy way, in a Christ-like way, a God-honoring way, and in a loving way, because this is different from the world. So I put this little question out on Facebook last week to get ready for the series, kind of like a little poll, and it was about this. What kind of jobs were around when you were a kid, but those jobs are no longer around today? Or what kind of jobs were around when you were just growing up, and maybe not too long ago, those jobs were just replaceable, and they're not around today? And I got several answers. Some of you listening right now even answered on my Facebook, but answers like milk delivery man, the Schwann's man. Y'all remember the Schwann's man? People who pump gas and clean your windshield at a gas station, a TV repairman, music store clerks, laundromat attendant, a VCR repairman, a telephone repairman, but this was probably the most common and popular answer. Notice this, a blockbuster video store clerk. So as I was thinking about some of these jobs, I was also thinking about how things change and how when things start to change and things start to progress, other things are inevitable no matter what. When things change, 
Other things are inevitable. They will happen no matter what. And I started thinking about some of these jobs that were around when I was a kid. We were watching Stranger Things at the house and there was a scene where they were video store clerks. And I started thinking about how when I was a kid growing up, it would have been very easy and very common for me or someone like me to go to the couple of video stores that we had in De Quincey and get a job as a video store clerk or maybe even a manager. I could have gotten that job very, very easily. And back then, those types of jobs, whatever they were that are not around today, they still probably had a lot of life left in them, had a lot of future left in them. And even then, back then, when you went and got one of those jobs, you really didn't worry about the future of it because as far as you knew, there was still a lot of life and a lot of future left in those jobs. And at that time, because there was a lot of life left in them, you didn't really worry about it. But then there came a time where things started changing. And I started thinking about the last employees that worked at those jobs right before they closed down and went away. I started thinking about the companies that knew these jobs are about to go away and these employees that we have right now are the final and the last employees that we're gonna have doing these jobs. I thought about the very last employees that closed and locked the doors of all the blockbuster video stores in every town in America. So this was inevitable. This was absolutely inevitable. Unless something changed, this was going to happen. And so obviously something happened and a lot of these jobs became replaceable and the last and final employees of these jobs knew that this was going to happen no matter what. And I started thinking about those times in my life when I knew that the inevitable was gonna happen. And if it did, it was gonna be the worst case scenario. And probably it was gonna happen if I didn't make a change, if I didn't do something different. And I remember those times in my life where I kept putting it off and putting it off and sleepwalking around it and not dealing with it and absolutely the worst case scenario happened. So in this series, really, I wanna talk to you about some very specific things, not general things, but very specific things that we should not put off dealing with any longer, that we should no longer sleepwalk around because if we do, the inevitable will happen and the result probably won't be what we want in our life. It could be the worst case scenario. And why do we put off dealing with what we need to deal with all the time? Why do we hesitate so much? And it could be a number of things, or it could be that one thing, or it could be several things at once, like fear, uncertainty of how it's gonna get resolved or if it's gonna get resolved, exhaustion. Sometimes you don't even have the energy to tackle the issue that you know that you need to deal with. It could be embarrassment, or you could be scarred and wounded and reactionary, and so you don't know how you're gonna, uh, how you're gonna react, so you just keep putting it off. There are all kind of reasons, but... Not paying your bills is not gonna make them stop billing you. It's not gonna make them stop sending you the bill. And it's not gonna make them stop turning over to bill collectors if you don't pay it. If your house is burning down, it's not gonna stop burning down just because your favorite TV show is on right now or just because you have company over and you wanna make them coffee. If it's burning down, it's burning down right now. And if you're sleepwalking around it, the inevitable will happen and you're not gonna like the results. Okay, so today, this is the specific thing that I want us to deal with. Many times that we sleepwalk around, this is what I want us to talk about. If you're still with me, Sam's still with you. There's a tension and a conflict in one of my personal relationships that keeps escalating. How can I change this pattern? Now, 
When we talk about personal relationships, this could be a romantic relationship. It could be a friendship. It could be a work relationship. It could be a family relationship dynamic. It could be any type of relationship. But specifically, we're talking about conflict that escalates all the time in any type of relationship and what to do about it. So on a scale from one to 10, when the conflict reaches a level two, that's okay. Because anytime a conflict in one of your relationships reaches a level two, this is what it involves. And notice this and remember this today. It involves honesty and patience. Now, the reason why this conflict will escalate to a level two is because of the honesty part. Many times when you have to be honest, you have to be straightforward, and that will cause this situation and conflict to escalate just a little bit. But what keeps this safe and what keeps this full of grace and forgiveness is the patience part. This is what makes it very good and very able to learn from. So a level two is honesty and patience. Most of us can handle that when we have conflicts that go to a level two in our personal relationships. This doesn't do too much damage at all. It involves honesty. This can be uncomfortable. It escalates a little bit, but patience, and we help each other get through it. But what most of us really want to know is this. There's that one issue or issues with that one person or maybe a group of people, and it keeps going to a level 10. It keeps escalating, and it's getting to be too much, and you know that if it keeps going to a level 10, the the inevitable will absolutely happen, and it's going to end with broken hearts and hurt feelings. So a level 2 would be honesty and patience, but a level 10 would be this, and notice this today, heated, emotional, accusatory, tense, and hurtful. Now, this is why we need to stop sleepwalking around this because we do, we do ignore this and we put this off all the time because it's so tense and difficult and uncomfortable to deal with and we would rather not. But this is why we must deal with it and stop sleepwalking around it because most relationships can absolutely survive most of the time a level two. In fact, when you have level two conflicts, not only can you survive this in a relationship, but this is a chance to grow because it involves forgiveness, honesty, patience, and repair. When conflicts go to a level two, this is okay because it does not do too much damage. You're gonna survive this. But most relationships, no matter what type of relationship they are, once they have too many level six seven and tens, if there's too many of those, we all know what the inevitable is. It's going to be too exhausting. So people of faith, we can't keep living in this kind of pattern. People do this all the time in their personal relationships and they accept it as being okay. We go to level six, we go to a level 10 conflict, we go to a level seven conflict, it gets heated, it escalates, there's emotions, there's hurt, there's pain. People do this all the time, but you and I know when this happens, there's going to be a break. There's going to be hurt. There's going to be pain. There's going to be confusion. And as people of faith, remember earlier, we talked about how we have to be different. So why should we deal with this pattern and how should we deal with it? Because as a person of faith, if you keep having conflicts that go to a level 10, this is going to dim your light. It's going to dim your story. It's going to dim your faith. And so this is how we deal with it as wise, loving people of faith. Notice this. And if you're still with me, I'm still with you. Deal with the conflict the second it arises, and it's very, very small. 
deal with it right then. Most of us hate dealing with conflict and we love to sleepwalk around it. Some of us really hate it. (laughs) So what do we do the moment we feel conflict starting to arise to the surface? The moment it's very small because we hate it so much, the moment we feel it, we stuff it down, we cast it aside, we suppress it, and we sleepwalk around it. And when this happens, what happens is this, we continue on by putting a Band-Aid over it and then all of this resentment starts to build. And then obviously the Band-Aid comes back off because issues don't go away. Let me say that again, issues, they do not go away. And so instead this builds up, it builds up, it builds up until we're finally ready to deal with a conflict. But because It has built up so much inside of you. Now, instead of going to a level two, you didn't deal with it the moment it arised. Now, because you slept, walked around it, you put it off. The inevitable is this. It's going to be chaotic. It's going to be hurt. It's going to be pain. So now you're finally ready to deal with it. But when you do, it goes straight to a level 10. When any type of personal relationship has this rupture, In a level 10, this tear, understand this and remember this today and notice this. If you're still with me, Sam, still with you. It is very difficult to repair. And the reason why is because it usually involves several small conflicts over and over again that build and build and build incidents that happened over and over again. Now, when we begin to repair these situations at a level two, These conflicts, when they're very, very small and directly with the person that we have conflict with, with the person, we don't go around and bring other people in. But when the conflicts are at a level two, very small, and you settle it with the person, you don't bring other people in, the person that you have conflict with, then what happens is this, and remember this today, this is so crucial. We go through these level two conflicts and we create repair. And then we create repair. And then we create repair to the point where we begin to sense a feeling of security with that person. And when you feel a sense of deep security with another person in a relationship, then what else do you start to feel? Notice this, trust. Another thing is this. If we resolve conflict that we have with someone else when it's very small, a very small rupture, a very small tear and crack to level two, then get this and understand this and remember this today if you're still with me, say I'm still with you. Then there is no opportunity, this is so key, there is no opportunity for someone to manipulate and use that small little crack to create this big grand canyon in the relationship. But how do we do that? How do we manipulate when this happens. See, facing a conflict when it's at a level two is a lot less scary. And it's a lot more likely when you address it at a level two, if you can do this, you're a lot less likely to bring someone else into the conflict to where you think it's gonna help out. But when we start to bring other people into our conflicts that we don't have conflicts with, this is manipulation. And this is called triangulation. And here's a good definition for triangulation. If you're still with me, Sam, I'm still with you. It means bringing someone else into the conflict or relationship to create jealousy, feelings of insecurity, attention, or to reinforce your side. See, relationships get to this point when they have level five, six, seven, or 10 conflicts over and over and over again. Next thing you know, this leaves the door open to build resentment, and you cannot communicate with each other when you have resentment. So now you're going to bring someone else into the picture. Hey, I need to talk to you about something that I'm going through. Or... 
because you're trying to hurt the other person you have a conflict with or create jealousy or something else, then you start to develop a connection with someone else to try to create a distraction and things like that. This is called triangulation. And so people bring someone else into the picture to create jealousy, insecurity, or it opens the door if you feel like you can't communicate with that person to bring someone else to talk to to reinforce your side, to make you feel better about your side and to paint the other person as a very bad person. This is all manipulation. This is called triangulation, and it is not good at all. We have to watch ourselves very closely because all of us can be very two-faced even when we're not aware of it. And sometimes we even think it's a good thing that we're this way, but we're not, and this is what we mean. If we deal with conflicts right away at a level two, then we don't leave the door open to say one thing to your face and something else behind your back when I'm telling people about the story. This is how we're two-faced. And many times we think this is okay because we feel like we're a victim and things like that. But the other people in our life, they may be a victim of us too and we're just not aware of it. And so deal with these ruptures and cracks when they're at a level two so you don't bring other people in and create this triangulation, this manipulation, heartache, heart, uh, confusion, pain. It creates this big grand canyon in the relationship if we let it build over and over and over and over again. So we have to watch ourselves very closely. This can be manipulation because it opens the door to bring other people in. Most of us take this passive aggressive route because we convinced ourselves to be intimidated by the person that we have conflict with. You convince yourself to be intimidated by that person, by how they're going to react or how they may punish you or what they may say. You have to be brave enough to address people head on. Brave enough and courageous enough, because if not, it's going to open the door for you to be manipulating and bring other people in and take it to a level 10. But if this is going to happen, you have to be open and gentle enough and moving enough to be approachable and to not get so defensive. If we're going to deal with conflict the moment it arises to keep it from going past a level two, then notice this today and remember this. If you're still with me, say I'm still with you. We can't be so defensive to the point to where people stop approaching us. Some of you have decided to try to train people in your life because you don't want people confronting you. And so when people do tell you the truth, you have this reaction in you that's so defensive that it has trained people to not even confront you about anything and you think this is a good thing, but it's not. You're losing people. Your light is dim. Your faith is dim. We have to be able to be approached in a way where we just don't fly off the handle right away or break down right away. This will cause others in our life to say, I can't be honest with you anymore. I can't tell you what's on my mind. I can't talk to you. And then they'll put it off dealing with the conflict when it arises because of how you react. And then eventually it gets to be too much they can't put it off anymore. They have put it off slow, so long. They have slept, walked around it so long because of how you react and how defensive you are. When finally they do talk to you about it, they unload. They unload. Like that telephone call that I told you about earlier about my friend. And then all of a sudden when they unload, it's like, well, I, I've never seen this side of you. Well, it's not all their fault because you were so defensive that they couldn't approach you. And so instead of allowing everyone in the situation to deal with a conflict at a level two, this person was so defensive 
this person was sleepwalking around it and just suppressing dealing with the issue that finally when you did deal with it, either other people were brought in or emotions were just spilt out on the table and now there's this big rip in the relationship. So are things in your life right now with some people at a level 10? Do they keep escalating and do you keep sleepwalking around it? This is how we can keep from letting this dim our light. We can deal with it the second it arises because people are watching. And this is a lot more peaceful and a lot more Christ-like if we can keep it at a level two instead of always letting it go to a level 10. Notice what the scripture says. A gentle answer deflects anger, but harsh words make tempers flare. Proverbs 15.1. A gentle answer, a level two the way we deal with this, with honesty and patience, it'll turn away anger. But if you let it go to a level 10, tempers are going to flare. Colossians 3.13, make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. We have to make allowance for each other. But the other people in our life, they have confusion, heartache, pain. They have an inner dialogue sometimes that won't shut off. They have uncertainty in their life, and sometimes they're on the edge too. We have to make allowance for each other. We only see the outside. We only see their reactions. We only see the shell. We don't see the pain on the inside. Let's make allowance for each other at a level two, honesty and patience. Patience will cause you to make allowance. And then lastly, I love this verse. You know, the Bible talks about us being the light of the world, the salt of the earth, different from this world. And people are curious as they watch us live. They're curious about our love and grace and acceptance. But also, the way we deal with conflict should tell the world, I love God and I'm a child of God. The way we deal with conflict and the way we settle conflict and how escalated we let conflicts go should also be a light to this world. Because notice what Jesus says in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 5, verse 9, and I'll leave you with this today. God blesses those who work for peace, for they will be called the children of God. God blesses peacemakers. That word bless means he gives them joy. He instills joy on the inside of them. People who work for peace with other people have joy on the inside. And these are the children of God. And you can see it in their life by how they deal with conflict. So let's not sleepwalk around this any longer, this one certain issue. If there's a relationship in your life that keeps going to a level 10, let's take it to a level two because people are watching how we serve God. Let's pray. Father, today we come to you in the name of Jesus. We thank you for your word, how it helps us, encourages us, convicts us, and lifts us back up again. We thank you, and today we want to live this and love people. It's in your name we pray, Jesus. Amen. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today. Thank you so much for tuning in. We cannot wait to see you back next week.